Hello, 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 everybody. It is so, so good to see you guys on a Monday. And we're going to have a lot of fun today because we are going to have with us, I need you to pop that music down for me, dear. <laughs> good. We are going to have with us today Dr. Rick Becker, and we're going to be discussing property taxes. But of course, you can listen live. You can go to Grand Forks, GFBestSource.com, click listen now. To chat, click on the Twitch link in the upper left center. And of course, you can always view us on Rumble. And we will always be available at the Facebook page as well. So the first thing I'd like to do today is welcome Dr. Rick Becker to uh, our show and have him explain to us a little bit about uh, what he's doing with this initiative for property taxes, which if you've ever viewed the show, you know is near and dear to my heart. Mr. Becker, welcome so much to Common Sense Uncensored. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Can you tell us a little bit more about, uh, I've, I've seen you on other shows, so I know this is a big deal, but what exactly is this initiative designed to do in your words? Yep, very clearly, it's a constitutional amendment. Okay. So what it would do is um, end property tax. What it says is nobody can raise property tax any longer and the state must replace everything that has up through 2024 been levied for property tax. So maybe another way of looking at it is that it says, okay, the state's got all this extra revenue. It is going to do a 100% buy down of all property taxes. It's covering everything everybody's paying right now Mm -hmm. and moving forward for any additional needs or increases, then the cities and counties will need to implement a different system because property taxes are no longer. So they would revert to the other things that are already available to them, which are things like sales taxes and uh, fees, for instance, that you can put on a utility bill or assessments. So this this doesn't take away like all taxes magically. It doesn't take away concerns we have with special assessments. It doesn't take concerns away regarding uh, elected officials in our cities and counties that like to spend too much. This this is not a magic bullet, but it's a pretty dang good bullet, and it eliminates property taxes. So um, in the future, then, we don't need to worry about the possibility of being on a fixed income and having ever-increasing valuations on our house made by somebody, that's not us, uh, determine that we have to pay more and more and more and more in property tax, and we eventually lose our house to the government uh, or lose our business to the government, which I'm currently interviewing uh, a person in Western North Dakota um, who had invested his life savings into a business. And now uh, he's on schedule to have his business auctioned off later this year uh, because since COVID, uh, things were shut down and he can't pay property tax. So anyway, it's uh, it's not it doesn't fix everything, but it fix it fixes one of the most important things we have in immoral tax in property tax. It takes care of it. Well, the one thing that I was curious about is is when you talk about they're going to do the buy down, is that coming out of the legacy fund or is that coming from somewhere else? Where did, where is that buy down coming from? So it, that's a good question. Um, in the measure, in the constitution, we can't, we, we don't want to, and we shouldn't put in specifics of where the money comes because the money can come from any, any uh, of of many many different areas we don't know what um we don't know what various funds balances are going to be we don't know what the revenue is going to be from this source or that source or the other 
So in the measure, it just says property taxes are going away. The state is going to pay for those property taxes up to the 2024 levels. So it's up to the legislature, just like they, however they budget now, mm-hmm. they're going to have to budget in the future, which means they determine how much revenue is coming in. They decide how to spend it. One of the items that they're going to uh, then include in their assessment is, well, one of the things we have to pay for is a billion dollars per year to pay to replace property taxes. So they know that that's in the system. Now, we can give, and I will, I do have scenarios where um, if you look at what the budget was from this last session, they just finished, how would we be able to pay for property taxes working within that budget? You know, And I've done this for the past three years. I've taken however the budget is, and I've said, okay, we can do this, 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 this. We could have done that. That's how you pay for property taxes. We There isn't a fixed way to say, here's how you pay for it, and it's the same way all the time because it's always changing. Every two years, it's changing. So probably to get more to the point of what you've brought up, how I would pay for it uh, is when, when you really – break it down on what we're covering. It's a billion dollars a year. There are some things in the budget that are used to lower our property taxes further. Since property taxes are going away, those expenditures in the budget are now freed up to be put into replacing property tax. Things like the primary residence uh, property tax credit, the homestead tax credit, Operation Prairie Dog, all those things go into place. And um after you take all those down, then we're somewhere in the vicinity of, say, you know, 750 million, something like that. So then you say, OK, what do we do in the budget to get that 750 million? Well, legacy fund earnings. This is the most by far appropriate use of legacy fund earnings. If we're going to spend any earnings at all and not put it back into the principal to grow the fund, which is, again, set up by the people of North Dakota in a in a in a vote, um, this is the most appropriate way. It is the most quote unquote legacy way to do something of this nature. Now the legacy fund earnings were about 460 million this last biennium. So you could take a good portion of it, say 300 out of the 460. So that's another 150 million. You can take off uh, the 750. Then you start looking at pork, corporate welfare. And I've been combing through the budget, fine tooth comb. I've got right now, based on what we've talked about and what's left over, and then uh, applying the pork and the corporate welfare, I already have more than enough easily. And I haven't included near everything that should be included. So there, we don't need to raise taxes. We don't need to raid any funds that, that shouldn't be raided. We don't need to cut any services. We have the money. And we've had the money year after year after year. And, and we can talk about that, Kit, on, on how much are we overspending and how do we know we're overspending. But the point is, We're overspending so much. You just take what's available, what the vast majority of North Dakotans would agree, that's a waste of money we shouldn't be spending. You take that, that pays for our property taxes. Well, see, and that's the thing that I've seen. Um, We we say, when the legislature comes in and says we've solved the property tax problem, they haven't for me. All that happens is the assessment of my house goes up. And it's a shell game. And so what, what's been happening with the legislature, for me anyway, and I, I know with the other people that I talk to, is they say, oh, look, 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 we've given you so much money back and it's gone. <laughs> I mean, it never, right. ever hits my pocket because they change the assessment rate, their special assessments or whatever. Suddenly this, somebody decides we need a new school. So I mean, 
it, it's just being siphoned away every way left and center. And the homestead tax credit, quite frankly, is a joke. It's, to me, it's a, the program's a joke. It's, it's eight pages that you have to read through and stuff to figure it out. And then isn't it a limited time? It's like two years or something? Yeah, the primary residence tax credit is only for two years. And it's, it's $500 per year. And you have to go and fill out a form and ask for it. And they're spending $1.5 million to implement the program. Okay, there you go. So, I mean, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Well, the other thing that I've always noticed is they are always talking and, and crowing about the fact of these TIS, these these tax increment financing, and they're saying, "But oh, this is going to be such a great thing because when this ends, this grace period ends, these guys will be on the tax rolls, and then we'll have all that more property tax money." But I never see any benefit from that occurring, and it's occurred a lot in my areas where I live and stuff, and so. I mean, wouldn't just eliminating property tax for everybody solve this whole problem? We wouldn't have to even worry about the inequity of a TIF being being done on my back? Yep, you're exactly right. There are a lot of unfair things with property tax. You've got the TIFs and the Renaissance where, where people are getting tax breaks or in the, in the case of the TIF where they're basically uh, funneling money away and, and hoarding it and then using it on... Um, what is oftentimes again corporate welfare, where they're where they're funding special projects, and there are people, developers that are making a lot of money off your tax dollars, uh, and there are you know what they're using for incentives for other companies to say, hey, you know, come in and you can have this this vast property, and we're not going to charge you property taxes for five years or ten years, or in the case of some pipelines that I'm not very fond of, twenty years. And um, and we could say, well, gosh, you know, you don't like property taxes. Isn't it good that these guys aren't getting property tax? Well, no, it's not good at all because you have a system of property tax that pays for all the services. And when you give favoritism to some, that increases the burden on those that you didn't show the favoritism to. So to get everything even, we need to dismantle the system, get rid of it and go back to something that's much more fair, much more transparent, much more accessible to the people. Well, here's the thing that always amazed me about the the tax increment financings and stuff like that is they're giving all this money to the manufacturers and, and stuff to move in, saying it will create jobs. But the people that are coming to work at those places that we're, we're short on workers and stuff now, well, they're going to have the burden of the property taxes. So wouldn't it make more sense, just as you said, to eliminate the property taxes? That way, the employees that we're attempting to bring to the state of North Dakota aren't going to be paying property. Wouldn't that be an incentive, not just to businesses, but to employees? And we supposedly need them both, correct? Correct. We, as even in just this last session, are spending literally hundreds of millions of dollars on workforce development and economic diversification. Exactly. um, I guess endeavors. And these are these don't work. This is this is always politicians that think they know better than the market. The only way to truly diversify the economy, in other words, bring new businesses. And the only way to bring people to the state is to offer them opportunity. And usually opportunity comes by the way of having an optimal tax climate, an optimal regulatory climate where people can work, live, do business, and have minimal government interference. The biggest uh, workforce development program we've ever had in the state was when oil prices went sky high and people were making a ton of money. And you know how much government had to do with that? zero. And so when you look at eliminating property tax, that becomes the biggest 
economic diversif diversification, um, help, the biggest workforce development help we could ever hope for, ever hope for. There are no other states in the nation that have no property tax. There See, are nine states in the nation that have no income tax. Yep. Those states with no income tax have an incentive for people to move there. No property tax beats no income tax by a large margin. You just ask your friends and neighbors what, what they're bothered more by, income tax or property exactly. tax. It's a no-brainer. Exactly. And that's why when Bergam came out with this income tax thing, I went, seriously, are you kidding me? You've got to be kidding me. Because here's my biggest fear. My biggest fear is the fact that I don't own my property. Because at any point in time, if they raise the property tax enough, I won't be able to afford to live there. And if that's the situation, I won't be able to afford to sell it because nobody will be able to afford to live there because they can't afford the property tax either, which means at some point the state's going to do exactly like you described. They're going to swoop in, auction off my property, and I will be without anything, no matter what I did as a good little soldier and followed the rules. And this to me is, is astronomically stupid. Plus, they get to keep all the surplus if they do auction it off. Yeah. Well, and, and that has been the case that some of that is gone, going and gone to the Supreme Court. So that may be a changed system now where they get to keep all the surplus because that clearly is wrong. I mean, that is so overtly the that's theft, government theft. Um, and uh, but I, hopefully that's being rectified. But, yeah, still, you know, whether they keep the surplus or not, the fact that you no longer have your property, which you paid for over the course of your lifetime, government just took it away. You can't, then you, I guess you didn't own it. That's right. I guess you didn't own it. See, and that's what I'm tired of. I'm going to do a real quick break here for executive properties. Paul, take it away. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All right, we're back. And Rick, I have to ask you, this was something similar to this was tried in 2012. And that measure didn't pass because the legislature, of course, assured us all they had a better idea. So why, why, what motivated you to say, let's give it another go? Well, the uh, the measure in 2012, um, there were certain aspects to that whole campaign um, that I think are now no longer a concern or an obstacle for uh, the measure to pass. Number one was this huge effort to use a campaign of fear to tell people that they were going to lose their services. Number one, they were going to lose complete control. Number two. Uh, and in fact, the control was such a strong message. They they you know named their opposition committees, local control, and this and that. Uh, and and it's very easily debunked. Um, no one's going to lose services. We can show now over these last twelve years since the well, I should say eleven years since the measure died, that had we eliminated property tax in two thousand twelve, we would have been just fine. 
And we would have weathered the all, all of the various little storms that come, the two dips of oil prices in 2015 and 2020, all of it. We would have been fine. So there, there are fear tactics. I think now we can look at and say that's patently false. We can prove it. Um, the other thing is, as you alluded to in, in this opening, the legislature effectively was putting out a messaging campaign. Look, we've heard you. We're going to take care of this. Give us a chance. We'll get it taken care of. We'll do it in a way where people aren't going to lose services and control. Well, <laughs> um, they did try, but they failed. And I can I can say we failed uh, because I was part of the legislature for most of that. Now, I disagreed with the method, which was which was buy downs. Um, you know, because if you, uh, they weren't in charge of raising property tax, that's the locals, but they were trying to take control of buying it down. And so when you buy, when you buy something down, it's a subsidy. What you're subsidizing in this case, in this case is the, uh, spending of cities and counties. Mm-hmm. Now, Kit, as you know, if you want more of something, you subsidize it. When you subsidize, you increase it, right? And so what we did is increased the spending proclivities of cities and counties. Exactly what happened. And 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 the other so when we look at this, it's important for your listeners to be to keep in mind these buy-downs that come from the state, that's not state money. I mean, you can say it's state money, but where does the state get its money? The state doesn't have money, it is holding your money. So the buy-downs of your property taxes are with your money, your sales tax, your income tax, your fees, and certainly other taxes too, like on oil, but it is your money. So when they say, oh, gosh, we bought down your taxes, well, you took my money and did that. But in the process, you wasted a lot on administration and all sorts of other things. Um and then we, when you come back to that that aspect of saying, okay, you've what what have you really done with my money when you bought down my property taxes? And what I like to point out is in 2011, North Dakota was the no 16th 16th highest state for property tax out of so 16 in the in the upper half right of highest property tax. Yep. They will tell us that the buy down dropped us to 23rd highest, so we're still in the upper half of highest property taxes. But they're saying 23rd, but they're not including when they say that they're not including the, the buy down. The buy down is paying for what? Property taxes. So that needs to be included in what our property taxes are. It's the stuff that you pay out of your pocket when you get the statement from the county and you have to add to it the part at the top of your property tax statement that says how much the legislature contributed. Those two together moved us from 16th highest in the nation to, depending on what city you live in, somewhere closer to 5th highest in the nation. So we are one of the highest property taxed states in the entire nation after the legislature has failed miserably to improve our property tax situation. Well, I spent 20 years in education, and I can tell you that education is not met a dollar it didn't like to spend and then ask for more. And uh, the problem I have with this is that the first thing that everybody does is the fear campaign, like you said, is, well, what's going to happen to education and our schools? Because our schools are primarily funded by property taxes. Yeah. Well, okay. And you can say that to just about anything that's funded primarily with property taxes. So we can say schools, you can say police, you can say anything. The state is taking 
the excess revenues that it has, the wasteful spending that it has, and it is converting that into a property tax replacement fund that goes to the cities and counties year after year after year. So they are getting what they had in property taxes. So why would there be a risk of losing any service, including education, if you are getting everything that you raised in property taxes? And as I mentioned, each year that you need to increase, that is going to be done by other methods of taxing. So there will be increased taxes, but there will be far more that has been decreased by eliminating property taxes. So the example I give, and you've, you've listened to the other shows, so I'm sure you've heard, but let's do a hypothetical situation. Let's say in 2024, you pay $4,000 in property tax. We can expect that five years down the road, you'll be paying upwards of $4,800, maybe a little more, $4,800 in property tax. If this measure passes in 2024, you'll have paid $4,000 in property tax. But five years down the road, you are going to be, instead of paying $4,800 in property tax, you'll be paying, your, your share is going to be $800 in other taxes, fees, uh, assessments, sales tax, etc. So your, your total bill, if you will, moved from $4,800 to $800. And that $4,000 that the state, out of its excess money, is using to replace property tax, that $4,000 is staying in your pocket. And it stayed in your pocket that year and the year before and the year before and the year before and the year before. So over those five years, $20,000 has stayed in your pocket. I don't know how anyone, if they truly understand this, could think this is not a good idea. Well... I know there's a group of people that always pipes up when we talk about property taxes, and they're the renters. And they're always saying, well, well, that's no fair because I'm not going to see any benefit from that because I don't own any property. What would you say to that response? Well, there are a couple of things. First off, there is no way to give true tax relief and have it affect everyone equally. Uh, the people that pay more of any tax... When you try to give relief and reform on that tax, the people that pay the most, um, uh, at least on its face, tend to benefit the most if you just go dollar for dollar, uh, and which makes sense. <laughs> you know, I mean, okay. So, but the but the more important message for people that rent is you, in fact, will be getting significant and real, very real benefit if this passes. For one thing. If you are looking at one day owning your property, this will make it easier because instead of having a big escrow, the monthly account that money is put in so that it goes to property taxes, that's suddenly uh, almost non-existent. That, that goes to a much lower amount, maybe two, three, four hundred dollars five hundred dollars uh, $600 less per month that you need to come up with. So when you're budgeting, can I afford to live in this house? Can I afford to buy this house? It becomes easier. The barrier to entry to owning your first home is reduced. That helps people who are currently renting, but would like to one day own. But what about the people that are currently renting and may continue renting? Well, I can tell you that the expense to landlords of property taxes are built in to the rent that they charge the renters. The renters are paying for it. They're, they're, the economics 
you, you can't, this isn't a magical case in which economics don't apply. So here we have the situation. So let's get real. Uh, all the, uh, apparently most renters hate their landlords and, and think that they're, um, you know, greedy, uh, evil, evil folks. So maybe some are. But the, the point is you don't have to have a really nice landlord. You can have a, a greedy landlord and the laws of economics still apply. If you live in a town that has uh, a lot of apartment rentals available, those landlords are competing for people to get into their place. They are very likely going to reduce rents because they need to get those apartments filled. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. I'm not trying to tell you they're magically good people. What I'm trying to tell you is they can now make the same level of profit, maybe even more, and offer lower rent. I will, now, if yeah. If you go to a place where the, there really isn't a lot of excess um, capacity on the market, there's not a lot of competition, maybe they're not going to decrease rent. But what they won't do is increase rent when right. they normally would have a year down the road, two years down the road, three years down the road, when they would normally increase rent, they're not going to. Well, they don't need to. They're making increased property, uh, pro um, profit rather. I I've tried to explain this to people because my husband and I happen to be some of those greedy landlords um, and we rent houses and we're blessed with having people that have stayed with us for six to 10 years at a time and stuff like that in our houses. And what we've tried to explain to them is the bulk of what we are paying when they do their rent is our property tax because it mm -hmm. never goes down. Once we get the house refurbished and the, I mean, yes, you occasionally have a dryer go out or whatever, but other than that, the one consistent increase we have across the board in all of our rentals is the property tax. And if you want to see your rent remain consistent, if you got rid of that property tax, that would be a huge step forward in seeing that occur because that's where we're having our expenditures now that we've got everything paid for. We're flush. Things are good. We got good renters. We got good equipment, et cetera. But what can't we keep down because we have no control over it? The property tax. And something's got to give. Another way that people will benefit, there's, there's another benefit besides just um, how much a person is paying in rent. And that is when the landlord has more cash flow, they are much more likely to make improvements on yes. the property. They're going to bring in the new dishwasher. They're going to do a better job at mowing and weeding and landscaping. They're going to get new paint on your wall. They're going to replace that carpet. You, the, your quality of living is going to go up because your landlord has more cash flow. Absolutely. And I've tried to explain that to a lot of different people because they're like, well, we won't see it. And I said, how do you know? You've, you've never had property taxes go away. All we've ever had is property taxes go up, even with the buy downs, because all they do is go, oh, well, there's that extra money there. So we're going to raise the assessments. And so we've never, ever seen actual relief. And so before anybody can say it's not going to it's not going to impact or benefit the renters. Why don't we try it? Yep. Well, you're, and you, that's a good point that should be underscored. People will say, and, and they're correct in saying that all these attempts to give property tax relief did not give any relief to the renters. And, and the answer is exactly, it didn't. Because the landlords knew and know that it, it was, it's not long lasting. It's not, the property taxes will continue to go up. Even if for some of them it dipped for a year or two, 
that's not anything sustainable. You can't low if you lower rents, you know, and and then you're tied into that. Exactly. Now suddenly you can't make ends meet as soon as property taxes increased. So yes, that was destined to fail. That was not on the landlords. It was on the legislature because this was not going to work. Eliminating the property tax, completely dismantling the whole mechanism by which property taxes exist. That's where renters are going to see the benefit. Well, and I think a lot of people that especially are under mortgages with, like you said, you've got your escrow and stuff, don't understand how bad property taxes are because it's built in. It's sort of like I used to explain to my students, if you looked at your paycheck and you saw the gross versus the net, uh, you'd be like, what the heck? I said, and then if they showed the breakdown, but see what they've done so cleverly is nobody gets a paycheck anymore. It's all just deposited in the bank so the money magically appears. So there's no questioning anymore as to where these ta- mm-hmm. this tax money's going. And I'm seeing the same thing happen with a lot of people with their escrow and their, and their mortgages. And, you know, with a 30-year mortgage, you don't even really realize anymore what property taxes you're paying. And so yep. this, is an, this is the shell game that's being played on us every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. And and for those, you know, for the folks that aren't really because it's in their escrow and they're not really feeling it, the, the you know, the question you have to ask yourself is, well, OK, you, you're paying this fee that's sort of like deep within all of your statements and so forth. And so you don't feel that at the end of the year. But do you realize that the you, you have unnecessarily gone without a family vacation every year or you've unnecessarily uh, been unable to afford a new car payment because of these taxes, or you've unnecessarily not been able to do the addition on your house. So th- it's 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 very real. There is not a single person in North Dakota that won't see the effects, the positive effects of eliminating the property tax. I you consider small small businesses, right? The mom yep. and pop sh- businesses, the rent they're paying. A lot of if they're on a triple net lease, they're paying the property taxes outright. If they're on a gross lease their the property taxes are built in just like for apartment renters their number one cost as a small business owner is going to be their their lease and that's will be that'll be the difference in whether they survive whether their business lives on it for those that are successful it can also be the difference in being able to offer their products at a lower cost or at least not increase in the cost everywhere we look the prices of everything are going up uh this gives it the it gives folks an opportunity to not do that and so we will see the benefits in one way and another way and another way it just it's it's it, the positive effects reverberate uh, throughout the economy well i'm definitely on board and i'm going to get into a little bit more of what we need to see this happen but first paul could we hear from churchill shoes to the upper midwest is now in the grand cities mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love at churchill shoes they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit they carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery churchill shoes has operated in grand forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs open monday through friday from nine to five and saturday from nine to three Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. 
Okay, we are back. By the way, for the people that are interested in the renter's refund program that is currently available, the refunds uh, can be up to $400. So if you think that uh, this program is better than eliminating property taxes, oh, Lordy, are you wrong? Because uh, you'll be making benefits well more than $400 if the property taxes are taken care of. Rick, what's it going to take to get this initiative off the ground? What, what's the, the nuts and bolts of doing this? We, we can wish it, but what's going to actually have to happen to get it in front of the right. voters? Right. So this will be on the ballot in 2024, either the primary or the general. That remains to be seen. And so it will be a, by a vote of the people of North Dakota. To get on the ballot, we need to get enough signatures. So by law, we have to get 31,165 signatures. Really? Uh, Yes, wow. we know that they're going to throw a lot out uh, for for any reason that they can come up with. So our goal is 45,000 to 47,000 signatures to try and create enough of a buffer uh, that, that we're going to still be okay. So once those are, signatures are approved, then we know it'll go on the ballot. So how are you going about getting those? Well, we're doing it all grassroots, and we need volunteers uh, and for those folks that are interested, I send out a little packet via email, which includes the uh, petition. Uh, it includes the rules for petition ga- uh, signature gatherers uh, and then a little uh, question and answer uh, FAQ sheet. And, um, and then people can just go out and get them. Each petition holds up to 45 signatures. And, of course, you can get do, do as many petitions as you want. A petition needs to stay with the person, the signature gatherer. You know, it's not something you can leave out. There are other things where you can get signatures and just leave it out and have people pass it around and and this and that. But in this case, the person, they're tied to that petition and no one else can witness the signatures. It must be that person. And then when they're done with that petition, they need to get it notarized. So it's there's there's a few rules, but I mean, it really still is just as easy as talking to your friends and neighbors and and um, talking about property tax and and whether they'd like to see it get on the ballot. Even for people that are like, you know, I'm still not sure I have a lot of questions. That's fine. Let's get it on the ballot and we're going to get all these questions answered. And when it comes time to vote on it, hopefully all your questions are answered. But just to get it on the ballot so we can have this discussion, please sign. Well, and it seems to me that, as you said, we've tried everything else. So when I'm when I'm sitting looking at the the proposal and stuff as you presented it, I don't see a problem with at least giving this a shot. Everything else has gone through. We've, we've done the buy downs. We've done the the credits and yeah. and the homes. I mean, we've we've done it their way, the way that the state has told us they wish to have it done. This would be at least something that I could see as having a possibility of maybe actually making a dent and providing not just more in- inducement to having economic growth here via more manufacturers coming in, but giving some of those employees here that we are drastically looking for as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to hear a lot of, and, and right now I'm hearing a lot of uh, opposition that, that's unfortunately misinformed. Um, or, or, or maybe they're intentionally misrepresenting, but I, I think they're misinformed because they keep telling people how they're going to lose service and how there's 
no local control. And I think they're hearkening back. Most of these are the establishment people or the city and county people that are thinking back to the 2012 campaign. This is a different thing. This, this There is no, if, if anyone hears an argument that they think has merit about losing control, or really about anything about this measure, I hope that they reach out and, um, you know, we can get to the bottom of things. My my goal is to have the people of North Dakota vote on this and to be informed. And if there are drawbacks to the measure and we need to weigh those drawbacks, pros and cons, so be it. Uh, you know, I just want a truthful and honest and open discussion. Everything from from what I can see, this is a the, the worst that can be said about it is it doesn't fix all the problems. Well, it only fixes the problems with property tax. Well, and and that's true. That is true. I have a question to ask you because I'm not the brightest one when it comes to this. But uh, there's there's a couple of school districts that I'm involved with and stuff, and they're trying to expand by building new schools or whatever. And so there's constant talk about mill levies and things. How would this affect stuff like that? Well, the the mill levy is part of the property tax. Mm -hmm. If you are if you're if you're having an obligation bond, if you're bonding out, and that's usually what people are talking about with school buildings, and and you vote on it, and then and then you increase your mill levy or your property tax um, uh, associated specifically with that bond with that building. The way this measure reads is whatever city or county voted on that or what has that that will stay in place. Okay. So that property tax doesn't immediately go away. Um, the city and county will need to pay down that bond. That's a that's a legal binding contractual agreement between the bondholders, the people that whoever Bart lent the money, and the city or county. And the city or county said, "Hey, we're we're tying it to this property tax." Well, um, we we can't legally get in the way of that agreement, that contract. The other thing is, I think an argument can be made that for those cities and counties that said, yeah, we want new school buildings here and here and here, and maybe a new event center here and a water park there, and we're going to bond it all out. That's fine. But the rest of the state, maybe the portions of the state or the cities, the particular cities and counties that were much more frugal in their spending, they shouldn't sort of share that burden. That needs to that needs to finish and play out with the city or county. And, I, you know, people a lot of people don't like that. And Minot, for example, they they bonded the heck out of some stuff. And the people that aren't in favor of that are are upset and say, well, only 10 percent of the people voted on that on that proposal in the primary election. Now, and there is a good argument that those types of things should only be in the general election. Nevertheless, if, if only 10 people showed up, the people that show up determine the course of events. So um yeah that 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 will stay. There is one thing kid I want to talk about probably the um th- things like local control, loss of services, where do we get the money? In my mind, those are the 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 most important concerns but the most easily addressed. There is another set of concerns that is a, a little bit harder to directly address and that is people that have the concern they don't want out-of-state property owners to get this benefit, to not pay property tax. Um, And for other people, it's a similar concern, but they don't want big business to get the benefit. And then there's a third similar concern, which is they don't want rich people (laughs) to get the benefit. And all I can say is, you know, we we can have our preferences for those people 
that we don't want to get the benefit. And I can understand the, the sentiment that we don't want out-of-staters to get the benefit. But the thing is, we don't have that option. It's either everyone gets the benefit or yes. nobody gets the benefit. And and we really have to you know look at ourselves and say, are we really? Because we don't like rich people or big business or out-of-staters. Are we really going to say that we are we are going to continue to force our children and our neighbors and our loved ones to pay property tax they don't need to pay because the state has enough money are we going to force them to pay year after year after year because we don't want someone else to get the break you know that the the original gut feeling the sense of i don't want those people to get the break i understand it but when you really think it through uh, and if you still maintain that position, I don't know what to consider it except, you know, spitefulness. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a, uh, a a passage in the Bible that addresses this. I don't know. But it's, uh, you know, you don't want to, to uh, uh, cut off your nose to spite your face. Well, and- I think it's part of the division that has been being really done very well by our politicians, which which pits class against class, economy against economy. I mean, if they keep us fighting each other, we forget who the real enemy is. <laughs> and and that's why that's why I I totally agree with you. The the uh the homestead credit is is at 40 and 70,000, dollars you know, if you have an income below that, then you can, then you qualify. And it's the guidelines for the for that entire thing it's eight pages long i mean come yeah. on why not just like you only, said make it for everybody right and then and then you're only if you're if you're making over 40 it's you only get a partial credit for um a portion of the uh, of the value of the house you know it's it's pretty limited now i grant you it helps right yeah. it helps but this is uh this is this overall property tax is like a cancer and you can't just do dribs and drabs on cancer treatment. Exactly. You can't just carve out a little bit for whether it's seniors or this special group or that special group or certainly not businesses. Um, you can't carve out these little things and think that you're curing the cancer. There's there's one way to cure the cancer, and that is to get rid of it 100%. And that's what's been happening is we've been we've been being given little cookies. Here's a cookie. And the cookie's sweet, so and so now I'm going to be a happy camper, and I won't complain anymore because I got a cookie. Why not give me the whole damn box? I mean, <laughs> I'm just right. I'm just to the point where I'm I'm really sick and tired of being to- to- told that I'm I'm a child and I can't understand this stuff, and that they're being so generous by what they're giving me back when it's mine in the first place. At least right now, it could be right now. I feel like all I'm doing is leasing from the state of North Dakota. And that's what bothers me so much is, you know, you you spend all, lots of good money on a mortgage. You do everything, good faith and everything else. And at the end, you could still lose it for a couple of grand because you didn't pay your property taxes. And you've got, nope. you got exactly. nothing. You got nothing. And the thing that I'm really concerned about is the fact that, uh, do you think that there's a lot of pushback from the counties and the cities because they realize that all of a sudden they're going to be accountable because the spending is, is a, I mean, when it's at the state, I love this. The city blames the county. The county blames the state. The, yeah. I mean, suddenly, if, if this all comes back and comes home to roost local, like you said, I'm going to be able to look the guy right in the face that's, that's charging me extra money and go, and why is this? Do you yeah. think there's fear of that? 
Well, yeah, there, so there's a there there's a fear of them losing control. And again, this comes back to um, really understanding the measure and 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 a discussion about what legislation must be associated with this. So by eliminating the property tax uh, and covering all of it up through 2024, but but keeping the cities and counties responsible, in other words, in control of their continuing budget and and potential increased needs, they need to have the ability, the the minimally or unrestricted ability to raise those revenues elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, the way to do that is the legislature will need to draft some simple legislation. Uh, it's like home rule. Home rule cities and counties can do all sorts of things to raise their own revenue. And we just need to um, expand that to all cities and counties so they can raise the revenue. Once cities and counties realize that, they will, if in, if they're honest, um, will recognize that they continue to maintain full control. Now, things like TIF districts and showing favoritism to special interests, they lose that control. But, you know, tough titty, said the kitty. That's the <laughs> control I don't want you to have. Absolutely. I have my last obscene profit margin breaking right now for oh for heaven's cakes. And I want everyone to realize that there is nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. And that's where oh for heaven's cakes comes in. The best cupcakes and cakes for special occasions or just a treat. They make incredible specialty items by order. Or you can just walk in and find out what's behind the counter. While you're there, if you want to, you can check into things like business or orders, um, having special employees and benefits month so you can bring a whole bunch of treats to all the employees it's going to be great at oh for heaven's cakes in the north backside of the grand cities mall they're open tuesday through friday from 10 to 4 and saturdays from 9 to noon call 701-757-CAKE that is 701-757-2253 or go to oh for heaven's cakes at yahoo.com and be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins and if you're artistic and enjoy decorating they're looking to hire Rick, I have another question for you. I know they were doing some changes to the initiative process. And is it true that you have to go through and get on the primary ballot and then again on the general ballot if it passes there? So there's additional hoops we're going to have to jump through? Well, that's uh, my understanding is that passed in the legislature, which means that the people have to vote on that. Twice. And only if it's only if it's passed by the people, then that would become the the new okay the new threshold of what we would need to do so this can still sneak in under having to do that uh, double jump through the hoops and stuff because the thing that that bothers me is I know they're using the well we have to protect ourselves from outside interests things but this is limiting and making it, it it more difficult for the average people like you and I to get initiatives brought forward yeah yeah it's uh, it's interesting there's a there's a very fine line I think between and because I, for one, believe it should be a little harder to change the Constitution than just to change regular law. But in our, the way the the initiated process works, um, I guess it is harder. You have to get double the signatures. But, you know, some things to tweak, like uh, whether it's, you know, a, a 55 or 60 percent threshold, something like that. I'm okay with it's a gray area, but the, but the legislature seems to have been taking it too far and making it very difficult. You know, I can see a little a little different level, but um, yeah, to to 
my concern is when you say it has to pass once and then pass again, um, after it passes once and then you have the establishment uh, throwing, you know, untold amounts of money at it to do a second campaign to kill it for the second time. Like you said, people like you and me, grassroots North Dakotans, how do you come up with the money to fight it twice? It's hard enough to fight the the lies and distortions once. Well, and in essence, aren't they using our own money to fight ourselves because they're using tax dollars to run those campaigns, are they not? Well, in some circumstances, they are. It's technically illegal. Um, but yes, there, there are new. I understand technically, and I <laughs> and I understand reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's just got me sort of uh, upset by by at the fact that uh, there's so many barriers that are standing between us and and we've we've done this again and again and again and it seems like all they ever want to do is put a band-aid on it but here's the thing so if someone wants to take on the project of grabbing some of those in, forms to get signed and everything else where can they go to find out what can they do what's the easy way for them to to start being your help at the grassroots level yep well, uh, if they're on social media, if they're on Facebook, they can go to End Property Tax. Uh, that's the title, or it's uh, Facebook slash End Prop Tax ND. Anyway, if you type in End Property Tax, you'll find it. You can also go to Dr. Rick Becker, and because and, I'm um, getting the people signed up anyway. Um, wi- within a week, our our website will be ready to go, and you'll be able to sign up very easily on the website, and that is endpropertytax.com, endpropertytax.com. It's not quite ready yet, but it's close. Uh, those would be the two ways. And so we're looking for people that are willing to go around and, and get signatures, um, again, trying to fill up one petition with 45 signatures. That would be wonderful. We've got a little program that if people will pledge to get 250 signatures by the end of the year, I'll send them a little T-shirt, um, that, and neon green, and it makes it easier for people to identify you when you're trying to get signatures. You can be part of that club. And then we're also looking for businesses that would like to represent that they are a business that supports eliminating property tax, and they can collect signatures at their business. Now, for those businesses that are interested, you know, we do have to go over exactly how this is done. As I said, it's not something you can just leave out for people to sign. The thing that I'm also curious about, as you mentioned, by the end of the year, so we have to have over 31,000 signatures, 45,000 preferably because of the throwouts, before December 31st? No, by February 12th to get on the primary ballot or by June 29th to get on the general ballot. Okay, so there is a little time, but the one thing that we all know is that those who procrastinate because you think you have time end up running at the very end because you realize that that time you thought you had ran out. What do you think the chances are? Well, I I mean, I I think they're I think they're very good. Uh, We learned we learned lessons from the last one. I think that people felt fooled and they felt they they feel misled. And so now they've got the opportunity of being able to be retrospective and have history and be able to say, look, (laughs) this hasn't worked. I'm not going to be fooled twice. We also have now in intervening 11 years where we see that the state's revenues, it wasn't just a short-term thing that we were worried wasn't going to come back. The revenues continue to be very high. 
oil revenues will continue to be very good. Uh, even if they're half as much as what they are now, we still are have so much extra money. We know that they're looking at enhanced oil recovery technology and, and their discussion by the, by the uh, industry's own measure is going to be in place for decades and decades. Um, and so I think it's very good. It does seem to be the number one concern. If people are, are given the opportunity to hear the facts, the opportunity to, um, I guess, fact check when they're hearing the opposition, because the opposition will just say something without support. They have a tendency to want to convince people to vote against this or to be against it, but yet they're not willing to, to uh, say, debate it or go head to head, because when you don't have the foundation and you're just using uh, innuendo and not facts to support your, your side of things, you're not going to win. So um, anyway, I think, I think the message is very clear. I would think it has a very good chance of passing. Well, I know one thing, and that is we here at Grand Forks Best, Best Source can collect signatures here. And so uh, my producer just said that he volunteers. So uh, we, will be awesome. in, we will be in touch with you, and we will be working for you as well, because it is a in my heart— um, my husband and I have worked very, very, very hard, and we, we own properties, and that's due to a lot of going without throughout our 30 years together. And the one thing that is interesting is I, I say tongue-in-cheek, we own properties, because until we get this problem solved, we don't, because I could have spent $150,000 on a property, and I miss property taxes on it for, let's say, three years, which seems to me to be the the number yep. for the wonderful price of six to eight thousand dollars my property can be gone which doesn't seem quite like the america i was raised to believe i was living in agreed and i just i just want to tell you one thing and that is uh i really thank you for your time i i i want everybody to know that Please go out if you have the time or even if all you can do is fill out one sheet. One sheet is 45 signatures. Even if it's one sheet in your small town, that is going to be a step forward. Um, do you have a date where you'd like to see like half half of the signatures, three quarters of the signatures or whatever completed? And how can we go out to find out where is there a graph or anything that's going to be on your Web page so we can see how we're doing? We're going to give updates on the website and propertytax.com. We'll give updates. Um, I'm not giving uh, goal dates yet um, because it's grassroots. You know, things kind of just are bubbling and going and starting to take off. Once I see what type of trajectory we're on, we'll set goals and we'll see if we are meeting the goals and so forth. But right now, <laughs> you know, we don't have a lot to go on. I'm waiting to hear back from people that have been getting signatures. So, I don't know even how many signatures we as an organization have yet. So, but it, that's kind of the 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 scary thing, but also the beautiful thing about doing grassroots is it's all people. There's not some centralized business that's doing it. It's just the people of North Dakota, and of course, when it is the people of North Dakota, uh, we don't we don't uh, speak in a single unified voice. We're all just working to the same cause. Well, I think this is doable, and I think it's, quite frankly, it's about time. Uh, 2012 was obviously uh, the campaign of fear and innuendo, and I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that again. 
I think what we need to do as the grassroots and as people, as we realize, fool me once, <laughs> you know, that old saying that yep, Mr. Mis- yeah, Mr. Bush bushered. But, but I think that the way I look at it is, you know what, if this, for whatever reason known to mankind, which I do not suspect it will, blows up, you know, you can always bring property taxes back. But what do you do while they're sitting here and you're losing you're losing places, you're losing businesses? And you're, I mean, until we try it, I hate it when everybody looks at me in business. I found this to be the worst hill that I ever had to climb. I was in marketing and sales, and almost every time I would propose a project, there was always somebody in the room that would go, well, well that won't work. And I'd go, how do you know? Well, we, we just know it won't. Right. It, right. It's frustrating. And what do we do we do besides try? And Mr. Becker, I have got to tell you, Dr. Becker, that I am so happy that you have thrown yourself into the breach once more to attempt to, to, to get something done in the state of North Dakota. Because the one thing I will say is most keyboard warriors and everybody else are really good at complaining. Very few are very good about doing something. So, Mr. Becker, can you please Thank tell you. us one more time where we can find a way to get those get those uh, signature forms. Yes. So we desperately need people to get signatures. We desperately need businesses to get behind us or this won't work. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity and we need to take advantage of it. And you can become a signature gatherer. Uh, You can sign up or let us know on Facebook at End Property Tax uh, at Dr. Rick Becker and give me a week. We'll have our website up endpropertytax.com very easy form to fill out uh don't procrastinate we need to get those signatures rolling absolutely mr becker dr becker thank you again so much so much for doing this and everybody it's another monday at common sense uncensored paul you get on them and get those signatures going all right everybody have a great monday take care we're behind you